Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Warning. The following podcast is not suitable for all audiences. We go into great detail with every case that we cover and do our best to bring viewers even deeper into the stories by utilizing disturbing audio and sound effects. Trigger warnings from the stories we cover may include violence, rape, murder, and offenses against children. This podcast is not for everyone. You have been warned. The story I have for you today is heartbreaking. It's about a 10-year-old little girl from Davenport, Iowa, named Breesia Terrell. In July of 2020, Breesia went missing from a sleepover. She was staying with her half-brother and his father, and by the next morning, she was gone, never to be seen alive again. Now, Breesia was responsible and a rule follower, so everyone knew that she did not just run away on her own free will, and she didn't. Back in 2020, I remember hearing the news of her disappearance, and I've been following her case closely ever since. And obviously, since we are telling her story, it didn't end in the way anyone wanted it to. In March of 2021, Breeze's body would be discovered, and just recently, her killer was brought to justice. But even with a conviction, This is one of those stories that keeps me up at night, and it's a case that will make you question people's intentions. So, this is her story. I'm Courtney Brown, and Colin is out of town for the next couple of weeks, so it's just gonna be me on this one, but you're listening to Murder in America. Breesia Terrell was born on December 4, 2009 in Davenport, Iowa. And her mother, Aisha, said that from the beginning, she knew her daughter was special. She was loving, creative, fun, carefree, and always willing to lend a helping hand. Now, Aisha and Breesia's father wouldn't end up staying together. But a few years after she was born, Aisha started dating another man named Henry Dinkins. And soon enough, they found out they were pregnant with a little boy. 
Now we will refer to Briasia's half-brother as DL throughout this story, but it's been said that Briasia was the best big sister. She doted on her baby brother and was always willing to help her parents out whenever she could. And since Briasia and DL were half-siblings, his dad, Henry, was really like a father figure to Briasia in the beginning. He was the one who helped raise her. But after a few years, he and Aisha's relationship would sour and they would eventually break up. And sadly, from there, Henry didn't come around much. It was sad for both DL and Briasia not having that father figure in their life. But they also had a big support system. Aisha had a big family who would always step in whenever she needed help. And because of that love and support she was surrounded with, Briasia was raised with a really good head on her shoulders. In 2020, she was 10 years old. Her family said that she had the cutest personality ever, a ton of friends, and she loved to express herself. Of course, 2020 was the year that TikTok really blew up and Briasia loved making videos of herself. One of her absolute favorite things to do was learn TikTok dances with her family and take silly videos of herself. But she also had a serious side to her. Her mom said that Briasia was a rule follower through and through. And not only did she follow the rules, but she also enforced them. Her mom said that any time her brother was misbehaving, she could always expect Briasia to run over and tattle on him, which is just what big sisters do. Now in June of 2020, while the entire world was in chaos from COVID, Aisha said that her ex-boyfriend Henry Dinkins started to come around more, and not in a romantic way. In fact, Henry had a different girlfriend at the time named Andrea Colbertson. But that summer, Henry started throwing these neighborhood cookouts where everyone would come eat and hang out and just come to have a good time in the midst of the pandemic. Now, like we mentioned, for the past few years, Henry hadn't been very involved in his son's life. So these cookouts were a way for them to reconnect. Briasia would also come to these cookouts and she too got to spend some time with Henry as well. Now on July 8th, 2020, Aisha and her son DL were driving in their car in Davenport when they look out of their window and they see Henry pull into a quick shop. DL yells out, look, there's my dad. He then turns to his mom and he tells her that he wishes he could see his dad more, which is heartbreaking for a mom to hear. Dads should be present in their kids' lives. So Aisha decides to pull the car over so DL can talk to his dad. They pull into the quick shop, get out of the car, and DL runs over to say hi. From here, Aisha strikes up a conversation with Henry about how he should be more involved in his son's life. And Henry agrees. In fact, he even tells Aisha that DL can come stay with him over the weekend. And I'm sure Aisha is thinking, great, finally he's taking an interest in his son. So they make arrangements for Henry to pick DL up at her mom's house the following day. 
The next morning is July 9th, 2020. And at around 11 a.m., Henry shows up at the house to pick up DL. Now, something to note is that Aisha was not home at the time. She had to go to work earlier that morning, so her mom, Danita, answered the door. DL then grabs all of his things for the weekend, but something is on his mind. He doesn't want to leave his big sister, Briasia. According to their family, they were inseparable. And the thought of leaving his big sister for an entire weekend was upsetting. So he asks his dad if Briasia could come with them and Henry agrees. So their grandma calls her and asks if it's okay that Briasia goes with them and she says it's fine. And keep in mind, this guy was in Briasia's life for I believe age two to five. So it's not like he was a stranger. He's also her half-brother's dad. So in a sense, he's family. So Aisha ultimately let her go. Now, something I haven't yet mentioned is that Aisha had another son who was 13 years old. And he also asked to come stay with Henry that weekend. But Henry said no to him and yes to Briasia. Now, his reasoning for not letting the 13-year-old come was that he didn't have enough space in his car. But that wasn't true. There was plenty of room in the car, both in the front and back seat. Henry just didn't want the 13-year-old to come with. So nonetheless, Briasia and DL get into the car with Henry and take off. After leaving their home, Henry takes the kids to his friend's house, whose name is Vincent Howard. Apparently, there were some other kids there, so DL and Briasia could play with them for the next few hours. According to Henry, he ended up leaving the house for a bit for unknown reasons, while DL and Briasia played video games. Eventually, he came back, and from there, they left to go home. Now, home at the time was at Henry's girlfriend's house, and she lived at the Jersey Meadow Apartments, located at 2744 53rd Street, apartment eight. Henry did have a place of his own at an RV park in town, but he mostly stayed with his girlfriend in her one bedroom apartment. On this evening, he and the kids arrived at the apartment complex, jumped out of the car and made their way into unit eight. Inside, Andrea was still on her computer working. She worked remotely for AT&T. And when Briasia came inside to greet her, she was fascinated with Andrea's job. According to them, Briasia was asking all sorts of questions. She wanted to know how everything worked and she was just being a curious little girl. Meanwhile, her younger brother DL was in the living room playing video games. Briasia's mom, Aisha, would finally get off work and she realized that Briasia didn't have clothes for the weekend. So being a good mother, she runs home, packs Briasia a bag, and then runs it over to their apartment. Once she arrived, she calls Henry to let him know she's there. And moments later, she sees Briasia walking in her direction. Now, Aisha had their family dog with her, 
So when Breesia sees the puppy, she's so excited. She gives it a few kisses, grabs her bag, and then tells her mom she loves her. At this point in the night, it's raining pretty hard, so their interaction was quick. But from here, Aisha watches as her daughter runs back to apartment eight. And she has no idea that this would be the very last time she would ever see Breesia alive. Later that night, Aisha goes home and takes a bath. It had been a long day, and this was the first night in a while she didn't have her children, so she was making the most of it. A few hours later, at around 11 p.m., Aisha receives a text from Breesia that came from Henry's phone. It read something along the lines of, Good night, Mom. I love you. Then from here, Aisha drifts off to sleep. The next morning, she wasn't scheduled to work, but shortly before 8 a.m., she got a text from her boss asking her to come in. And I'm sure it was the last thing Aisha wanted to do, but in the middle of a pandemic, times were tough, so she decided to pick up the shift. Aisha would clock in at 8.04 a.m., completely unaware that her life was just minutes away from turning upside down. At 8.08 a.m., she gets a text from Henry saying, quote, I just woke up and Breesia is gone. From here, Aisha starts calling him over and over again, trying to understand what's going on, but he won't answer. And when he finally does answer, Henry confirms her worst nightmare. He says that they all went to sleep and by the time they woke up, Breasia was gone. What do you mean she's gone? Are you fucking with me right now? She asks. Henry is at a loss for words. Aisha is in hysterics. And once she finally comes to terms with what's happening, she's angry. You were supposed to be watching her. She was in your care. You were responsible for her, she says. The next thing out of her mouth was, have you called the police? To which Henry says, no, he hasn't. But he's in the car with their son, DL, and he's on the way to the police station now. So from here, Aisha hangs up the phone and she calls the police herself. After telling them the situation at hand, Aisha's boss lets her leave and she starts making her way to the police department to meet Henry. Except on her way there, she notices Henry's car speeding through traffic, going in the opposite direction of the police department and red flags are going up everywhere. Aisha immediately makes a U-turn, pulls up behind him and starts laying on her horn. Henry ends up pulling into a McDonald's. And from there, Aisha gets out of her car and confronts him. What the hell is going on? Where is my baby? She asks. She then grabs her son, DL, and says, I don't want you anywhere near him when you already lost my other baby. And another question she has for him is, what are you doing in this part of town? You told me you were on your way to the police station. Now, Henry starts going on and on about how he didn't know his home address and he needed to turn back around so he could get the address. None of it was making any sense. 
Something else Aisha noticed was that Henry's shoes are covered in mud. At the time, with all the trauma she was experiencing, she didn't give the muddy shoes a second thought. However, it will come up later. But from here, she and Henry get into their cars and Aisha follows him back to the apartment. They also communicate with Davenport PD and an officer is sent out to meet them. Here is that body cam footage from outside of the apartment at 8.55 a.m. Uh, and Henry lives here? Yeah, I guess so. This is where he told me to come. Okay. Um, he don't even know how long she's even been gone. Yeah. After gathering information on Breja, Henry walks up to the police officer with his son, D.L., by his side. What's up, Henry? So when was the last time you saw her? She was in the house. Yeah, when was the last time you saw her? 9.30. Last night? 9.30. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. When was the last time you saw her? She was in the bed when you went to bed last night? Okay. Um, this is crazy, man. This is yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? I know she's hysterical, big brother. Yeah. D-I-N. K-I-N-S. Is this your home address? No. What's your address? It's down by Ralston Carino. This guy just... Yeah, I, I just know that. I you don't, don't know your I address? I don't know the full address. Do you know your phone number? Uh, hell no. I don't know that either. I swear to God, I don't. Henry, you don't know where your daughter is, you don't know your address, and you no, don't no, know no, your no. phone no, number. No, for real. I'm finna so give it to you You think I'll be lying, but... Well, no, it's just... It's, it's kind of a... I don't, I don't call myself. I know, but you gotta know your number. You gotta know your address. Okay, what was she last wearing? In the bed. Uh, what you have on? Some shorts? What and color? I don't remember. I mean, I, I'm not gonna even lie to you. I don't What's remember. her height and weight, you think? She's a little taller than he is. She's sister. Okay. She's a little taller than that. She's like yeah. about like this. Okay. What's her what kind of what's her hair look like? She dreads. Long. Long. Yeah. Long and dreads hair. Yeah. Like shoulder length or Down. middle of the back? Down here. Okay. Mid back, dreads. Right? Is that how we would yes. label that? Yes. Um she had shorts on. Does she had does she still had a white shirt on? She had that long bed. She had the shirt that you gave her. The white shirt. White all white? white all white t-shirt, yep. After getting the information, the officer wants to know where Henry's looked for her. And Henry says that he hasn't asked around to any of the neighbors because he doesn't know them. But he did drive around looking for her. Who have you called? Who? Oh, what doors called. have you knocked on? I, I, I don't know these people out here. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But I called her. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And she told me she was at work. At first, I was riding around looking. And then me and my son started riding around looking. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then, so how long ago did you? Has it been an hour? It's been a couple hours. A couple hours? A couple hours. The officer then turns to Aisha. Have we called um, family? I've called everybody. I have my uncle okay. out riding around. My mom's on her way out here. My we've friends been everywhere. Out we've here. been everywhere. And and she's she's gonna be with a friend inside some apartment. That's most why likely. I said I'm, I'm gonna still look. Okay. We don't, we don't know anybody out here. So that's yeah. the thing. 
God. She would have never. She would, How many? She would have never. First she, of all, she would have never woke up at eight o'clock in the morning, and she would have I, never. What you mean? Eight o'clock in the I'm morning. I'm just saying. You know, that, that ain't what I she said. I never said that. Guys, guys, this isn't the time to fight. Exactly. I don't give a fuck about you walking. You lost her though. Because you was watching her, Henry. What do you mean? But hey. I'm gone, sir. Come on, D. Listen to me. Well, you guys gotta, you guys gotta come together right now. This isn't a time to fight about it, okay? Um. So, well, hey, if you, well, how am I supposed? To, what, what do you want me to do? I mean, like I, like I, I got no picture. I got no. What do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? Right. I get it, Henry. I get it. I get it. All I can do is look. I get it, Henry. The fact that Henry is yelling at a mother whose child is missing because of him is absolutely disgusting. And then he's playing the victim, like, do you see what I have to deal with? No, obviously Aisha is angry. She doesn't want to be around Henry. So it's at this time where she goes home to help her family with the search. She also wants to grab an updated picture of her daughter. In her mind, that's way more productive than standing in this parking lot arguing. But once she leaves, the officer goes up to the apartment to make sure Briasia isn't just hiding somewhere. And she isn't. It's also at this point where he speaks to Henry's girlfriend, Andrea, who hasn't even left the apartment. The officer even says to her, are you gonna come out and help us look? Now, by the time the officer looks through the apartment and he walks back outside, Henry Dinkins is gone. He just left without telling anyone where he was going. He would later be seen at his mom and sister's apartment. And from there, he would make his way to the police station for an interview. But it also should be noted that by the time he arrived at the police station, he was wearing different shoes. And while Henry is being interviewed by police, other officers are canvassing the area around the apartment. But as the hours pass, their hope of finding Breja is dwindling. After speaking with her family, it's clear she did not run away on her own free will. Like her mom said, she didn't know anyone in that part of town. She wasn't familiar with the area. And more than anything, Briasia was a rule follower. She was not the type of girl to run away. Now, as the officers do their search of the area, they are also looking at security cameras from nearby businesses to see if maybe Briasia could be seen walking around. But when they do this, they don't see Briasia. Instead, they see Henry's maroon Chevy Impala driving all throughout town in the early morning hours of July 10th, 2020. Now, by the time Henry shows up at the police station, one of the first thing the detectives want to know is where that Impala is located, or rather his girlfriend's Impala that he used all the time. But uh, is her car parked out front? No, no. Is her, where's her Impala at? Her Impala's, uh with my homie right now, so. Where at? They moving around in it. After this, the detective asks about his son and the relationship he has with Briasia. I, I raised, I raised Briasia 
since. How old is she? My baby. Okay. And uh, so you raised her with Aisha. Aisha? Yes. How long were you and Aisha together for? Uh, like two years. But we stayed close friends. Eventually, the detective gets Henry to walk him through what happened that night. And Henry admits that the kids went to bed and he did leave the apartment in the middle of the night to go see his friend but his friend wasn't home. So he says he comes back and that's when he notices Breja is missing. But if you've ever seen a police interview, they get extremely specific, especially when it comes to the timing of everything. But Henry can't seem to remember the time. I had left and came back. And then when I left, I think I went I went down to Lil Vince's house, but nobody was there. And when I came back, you know, I, I did a little look around. I didn't see Bree. No, no, that wasn't that time. I don't remember. No, that's a lie. That's a ball face lie. It wasn't even at that time. I don't ever look at the time. So, I mean, I'm really confused with the time. But I know when I went, and look for Bree. So I only seen Lil Dink in the bed. Okay. And I left. So I went like moving around and I went like, like like left the apartment. Like the apartment, yeah, and went like out and about. Like I said, when I realized that, uh, and it's kind of odd because I never known Bree to ever leave, ever. You know what I'm saying? Never, never, ever, ever leave. I never. It was just odd, you know what I mean? And when uh, I realized it, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I went looking around. Could, then, I, then when I came back, Andrea was up. She like, what's wrong? I'm like, man, something ain't right. You know what I'm saying? I, I was freaking out a little bit. Henry admitted that he left the apartment again to get cigarettes from the quick shop. And when he returned, his son DL was awake. He said from there, they looked for Breja all morning until he finally decided to call Aisha. His, I texted his mom. When I texted his mom, she was at work. And I, she, she was like, I'm like, hey, uh, Bree's not, Bree's missing. She's like, well, uh, stop playing with me. You know what I'm saying? Stop, stop playing with me. And I'm like, man, no, I'm not playing, I'm for real. And she was like, um, she was like, uh, stop playing me. I said, look, man, I'm not playing. So I gave Dink the phone. Dink told her, like, mom, you know, I, we don't know where she at. So then he handed me the phone back, and I'm like, I got to talk to him. Like, man, your mom mad at me. He said, dad, I don't understand why mom mad at you. You know, you haven't done nothing. I'm like, I mean, I mean, but I'm still responsible. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm... Like, you know, don't know what to say or do, you know. So then she, me and her met up, and she was like, You and Aisha met up? Yeah, or at? at Burger King. Okay. And Aisha was like, really upset. And I said, I, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I understand how you're coming. I feel what you're saying right now, but, you know, you stressing out right now, it's not gonna help us out right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We have to figure this shit out, you know? 
So I was like, well, you're responsible. You're responsible. You know, and it made me feel so fucking bad because, you know, I am responsible. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I just, like I said, I was like lost. Didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say to her. I was I was lost for words. I couldn't even talk to her really. She was like furious. You know what I'm saying? She really didn't even want to talk to me. But on the day she kept saying, hey, you're responsible, you're responsible, you're responsible, you're responsible. You know what I'm saying? Why wasn't you watching her? I'm like, what you mean? She's asleep. What the fuck you mean? You know what I'm saying? Who watches, you know what I'm saying? I periodically check, but Okay. Man. So did you call nine one one? Uh, no, she did. I told her. I told her I was gonna go to the police station at first. She said, "No, let's go to the apartment." You know okay. what I'm saying? So I said, "Well, we can call at the apartment." You know what I'm saying? And I used to was like, "Cause first I'm thinking like she ain't really missing." You know what I mean? Something. You know what I'm saying? Maybe something. I don't know. But once it really set in that can't nobody find her. That's when he hit me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, she's missing. So you got back from Quick Shop with the cigarettes, and then what happened after that? Nothing. No. Well, okay. So you, but then you got back. Uh, then I, like I said, I got back. Oh, this is. I was just. I just. I don't know what time it was, sir. Okay. All I know That's is, fine. We can move past that. All I know is. At one point or another, you notice that Bree is not in the, in the room. Okay. Um, and then, so, what do you do immediately after you notice Bree's not? I go, I go outside. Go outside. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the first thing I did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I went outside. Okay. And, and then, like, just around the area, or did you get in a car and drive well, somewhere? I went around, around the area first. Okay. And then I started moving around, like, trying to get close within the areas. You know what I mean? Trying to look to see if she was walking, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. And so you get back, and then, I mean, are, I mean can I we put a time frame in between at least? Like, are we talking like 10 to 11 at night, or are we talking like after hours? It was like, probably after hours. It was like, probably like closer. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember the time. I'm not going to. 12 to 2. I didn't even, the reason why I don't remember the time is because I didn't have my phone. You drove and tried to find her in certain places. That's, that's I would I would I went in the area where out there. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to see Around the apartment complex. No, like outside, you know what I'm saying? Like when I pulled in I would have seen Like her. those like those businesses and stuff like no, that? No, like or? the streets. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm The saying? nearby streets. I by the I don't know what streets. I mean I don't uh, like the streets that would go back, the streets that would go forward. You know what I'm saying? It was like by um, blockbusters. Now, as you can tell, Henry is having a hard time recalling exactly what he did that morning, which is never a good sign. He also tells the detective that after looking for Briasia and speaking with the police officer, he drove the Impala to his mom's house. Okay, and then so how is your car not here? You know what I mean? I came straight here. Um, I get that, but then, but the car that you were driving was the Impala and the Impala's not here. 
I didn't say I was driving the Impala. Well, you came in the Impala. I never I said know. I was driving the Impala. So you left, but you left the apartments in the Impala, right? Yes. Okay. So at what point did you not have the Impala anymore? What do that got to do with the Impala? I mean, because you left there in a vehicle, and that's the that's. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to make it hard on you. Yeah, whatever, I get it. it but just, I mean, literally, as for the situation with the driving aspect, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for the driving. I'm, I'm not looking for the car. It, I'm keeping that solo with the. No, that's fine. I'm more concerned about the car. I mean, if you want to check the car, you can check the car. Yeah, yeah, we would like to do that. Yes, probably, okay. yeah. without a problem. Where Where is the car currently? It's 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 reachable. You had the car, and then you didn't. I just want to know where that transition took place. It's it's. It's reachable, bro. I just say it like that. But you, but, so you don't. But you don't want to talk about how you eventually switched vehicles or never switched. I mean, that was like I ain't switched no vehicles. Okay. Why would I switch a vehicle? But then, so so someone else was with you in the car. But why would I switch vehicles? Why where do you get to switch vehicles at? Because oh, so the Impala you left the apartment in it, okay, and then now you're here at the station. But the Impala's not here. It's, 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 it's around. I'll say it that way. It's around. Now, interestingly enough, Henry claimed that his friend dropped him off at the police station in the Impala and that they were out somewhere driving it around town. But the authorities would later learn that that wasn't true. In fact, shortly after this interview, officers would find the Impala parked about a block away from the police station. So clearly, Henry drove there himself and then walked over to the police station so that they wouldn't search it. But back to the interview, the next thing the detective wants to know about is who he called and texted that morning. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, and uh, so would you be fine if we downloaded the phone to have the call logs and the text? For what reason? To, to cooperate everything here. Uh, about the call logs and the text. It helps It helps everyone out. Download my phone. To just to get the call logs to show that those calls were made at those certain times. I can show you my phone. I can just show you my phone. I, I got you. You know what I'm saying? If you want to see, I can just show you my phone. I mean, I can just open up my phone and let you go on my phone. Okay. You know what I'm saying? What's the passcode to your phone? Just give me my phone and, I, and I'll open it up for you. Okay. Well, you'll open up right in front of me. Right, yeah, open it right here. Cool. Um, and... Uh, so, if you want to just take a, while I go do, grab your phone, um, if you want to just take a closer look, and if there's anything that's sticking out, be sure to mark it, okay? I mean, what is there to stick out? But like, for sure, for sure places that you went, for sure. It's at this point where the detective puts a map down and tells Henry to mark everywhere he drove that morning looking for Briasia. He then leaves the room to grab Henry's phone. But interestingly enough, when the detective leaves the room, Henry doesn't even touch the marker in front of him. If he had been driving around all that morning looking for Briasia, then he should have been able to mark where he was. But he doesn't. Instead, he just stares down at the map in front of him. When the detective eventually comes back with his phone, Henry gets very paranoid as he types in his password. Why are you looking at me do my password? Well, that's, that's, that's what I, I asked. No, I, I said I will open it for you. Yeah, but I I'm, not, no, you I'm not going to give you my password. Okay. I will open it for you so you can look at my phone, but I'm not going to give you my password. Okay. And then you're just going to lock it? Yes, right after you finish looking. Yeah. 
I will let you look in there. I have no problem with you looking. Okay. That's something I don't have no problem. Okay. Henry then sits there, wiping the sweat from his brow as he tries to remember what his password is. It's clear that there's something on his phone that he doesn't want them to see. And then finally, he remembers his password. Yeah, I want to know what you doing with my phone. Okay. That's all. Gotcha. I mean, it ain't, it ain't nothing that I'm hiding in my phone or anything like that. That is not. I would like, if you like, okay, let's connect it to something. Okay, I want to see what you're doing with my phone. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nothing, I mean, to be, able, to be able to download, we yeah, we need we would need the passcode, but um, like I said, which, which just helps helps speed up any suspicion we would have. Of but I don't people. understand how I got suspicious with my own kids, man. These are my kids. No, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I I'm just saying it would clear any suspicion, right? Listen, I I mean, I know you know your job. You yep. know what I'm saying? And I know what For you sure. have to do. I know what you have to do. You know what I'm yep. saying? And, 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 I, and I don't have no, no issues with that period. But these are my kids, bro. Mm -hmm. These are my kids. You know what I'm saying? These are mine. Yeah. Throughout Henry's interrogation, the entire town of Davenport was looking everywhere for Breja Terrell. But sadly, there had been no sightings of the 10-year-old. However, they did have plenty of clues. For instance, Henry's Chevy Impala was seen driving back and forth to different locations around Davenport from 2.13 a.m. all the way until the police were called. And the story he's telling investigators isn't adding up. So they are very suspicious of him. Search warrants were eventually executed on the apartment, Henry's car, his RV, everything. But by nightfall, there was still no sign of Briasia. During their search of the area, they did find a child's flip-flop, but her mom, Aisha, said that it wasn't hers. In the body cam footage we are about to play, you can really hear the desperation in Aisha's voice, knowing that the day was about to end and they still hadn't found her daughter. But that's a blessing. That's a blessing. So Thank you. we're going down to the station. So with everything... No, um, that's not hers. Okay. So there's behind the, the scenes type stuff, okay? We've done, we're doing search warrants. We're doing pinging the phones, okay? But we have his mobile home down there. Uh, the FBI is down there. Mm -hmm. um, everybody is working on it, okay? It doesn't end, okay? I know, but it's 9.31 and I haven't heard from no, that's not her suit. No, we just had to make sure. Okay. Yeah, but we appreciate We. Okay. I can't go to sleep with that. Like, what the fuck? It's nine thirty and she's nowhere. Nowhere. I can't even talk to him. Now, after searching through Henry's RV, they would find some evidence that we will get into later, but nothing that could officially tie him to Breesha's murder. However, he was their number one suspect. Even further, Henry Dinkins was a registered sex offender. In 1990, when he was 17 years old, he was convicted of third-degree sexual abuse of a child. 
And because of that incident, he had to register as a sex offender. And from then on, he had a very lengthy criminal history involving charges of violating his sex offender registry, assault while displaying a dangerous weapon, domestic violence, drug possession, theft, and eluding. From 2007 to 2014, Henry was arrested at least five times for operating a vehicle while intoxicated. In 2011, he was intoxicated driving on the wrong way on the interstate, which ended up causing an accident involving several semi-trucks. Then in 2014, the police had to use a stun gun and pepper spray to capture him after he crashed his car while on cocaine. Then in another incident, he crashed his car driving through a residential area at 90 miles an hour while there were children playing in the streets. And then his most recent arrest was in March of 2019, where he crashed his car into someone's yard while he was fleeing from police. And he was allegedly high on crack at the time. Then days later, he would get arrested for possession of 900 grams of meth and 200 grams of amphetamines. Now, something important to note here is that at the time of Breja's disappearance, Henry admitted that he had been living with his girlfriend, Andrea. So the investigators go to check and they see that Henry never registered as a sex offender in that area, which is a violation of his sex offender registry requirements. And that alone is enough to put him in jail. He was also forbidden to have contact with minors at all. So knowing that he is likely involved in Breesha's disappearance, they decide to go ahead and charge him with this. And disturbingly, after he was arrested, they also found searches for child pornography in his phone. Colin and I talk about HelloFresh all the time. We swear by it. And with the holidays right around the corner, it is the perfect way to take the stress out of dinner because they deliver everything you need right to your front door, saving you tons of time. And with the holidays coming up, no one has time to be running to the grocery store gathering all the ingredients. And that's why HelloFresh is so good. It's always farm fresh ingredients right to your door and it arrives pre-portioned so you can get right to cooking. I know I will be hosting some parties this holiday season and honestly, HelloFresh has just made it so easy. You can please the crowd without the hassle. And every single time we've made a HelloFresh meal, we absolutely love it. I am honestly not the best cook, but you get to pretend you are with HelloFresh because they give you all the ingredients. They tell you exactly how to do it. It's so easy. It's so good. And honestly, I cannot say enough about it. We love HelloFresh and we know you will too. So go to HelloFresh.com slash state free and use code state free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is still active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash state free with code state free. We love HelloFresh and we know you will too. It is America's number one meal kit. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But now let's get back to our story. Even in jail, Henry will not confess to what happened to Briasia. However, the Davenport PD and the FBI work diligently to piece everything together. And as you know, one of the first things investigators do in this day and age is check phone records. Now all morning, Henry's phone showed that he was at the apartment. But then randomly at around 7 a.m., it pinged near a Walmart 45 minutes away in the town of Clinton, which is interesting because he never mentioned that in his interview. And when the investigators get the surveillance footage from that Walmart, their hearts sink. It shows Henry at the self-checkout line purchasing two bottles of bleach. And we all know what that means. Now, as for everything else investigators find linking Henry to Briasia's disappearance, they keep everything pretty close to their chest. Months would end up going by and there was still no sign of Briasia. And everyone knew exactly what that meant, that she was dead. By mid-July, the FBI offered a $10,000 reward for information in the case and Crime Stoppers offered an extra 3,500. Breeze's case was publicized all throughout Iowa. And even in jail, a news story popped up about her disappearance. Interestingly enough, Henry's cellmate claimed that he made a pretty strange comment after watching that news. The news story came on and, and broadcasted that they were continually looking for her and um, he would state that they were never going to find her. Now, the cellmate said that Henry never admitted to killing her, but the comment was very off-putting. It was clear that he knew exactly where Breesia's body was. And although Henry was confident they would never be able to find her, he was wrong. About eight months after her disappearance, on March 22, 2021, three friends got together to go fishing on Credit Island in West Davenport. It's a very rural area that's heavily wooded, and there's this big pond where people will go fishing. On this day, the men park their car, and then on foot, they have to walk down this steep embankment to get to the pond. And as they make their way down, one of the men looks over and he sees something white lying in the brush. So the group walked over and one of them actually picked it up. It wasn't until then when they realized they were holding a human skull. It's just not something that you see every day. So I picked it up and kind of just sat where I was and looked around and that's when we found the other remains. Once you picked up that skull, what did you determine? That it was real. It was at this point they also saw hair at the scene and they could tell that the victim was black. And because Briasia's case was so widely publicized, 
they even wondered amongst themselves if it was Breja. So from here, they called 911. The Davenport PD quickly made their way to the scene. And after the crime scene was processed, the body was brought to the medical examiner for an autopsy. Although they didn't know the victim's identity, they could tell that it was a female African-American child who died from multiple gunshot wounds. She was shot once in the jaw, where the bullet then traveled through her spine, and then she was shot again in the back through her scapula. Two projectiles were found at the scene. One was in the dirt, and the other was in her hair. They also recovered black shorts, a sports bra, and a large white t-shirt. Now, the victim's leg still had some skin tissue on it, so they were able to take DNA and compare it with Briege's mom, Aisha. And soon enough, it confirmed that the body found on Credit Island was indeed Briege Terrell. My name is Paul Sikorsky and I'm the police chief here in Davenport. And last Monday, the Davenport Police Department was contacted by the Clinton County Sheriff's Department in regarding to the discovery of human remains uh, near 270th Avenue uh, near DeWitt. An autopsy on the remains was conducted by the Division of Criminal Investigation, and we have received confirmation We've received confirmation that the uh, remains are those of Briasia Terrell. As you know, Briasia has been missing since July 10th uh, from our city. This news is heartbreaking to both Briasia's family and our Davenport community. Our deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers are with all of those who are affected by this tragic loss. A few weeks later on April 3rd, a rescue and recovery team went to the scene to search the pond for a gun. And sure enough, they found a revolver. A ballistics test was run on the gun and it confirmed that it was likely used in the murder. Now, the investigators weren't able to prove that the gun belonged to Henry Dinkins, but they didn't even have to. Throughout their investigation, they found a ton of evidence linking Henry to Breja's disappearance and now murder. So he was officially charged and from here, prosecutors started preparing for trial. So I am going to walk you through the prosecutor's timeline of what they believed happened on July 9th and 10th, 2020. After Aisha dropped off the bag of clothes for her daughter, Breja and her brother DL played video games inside of apartment eight. But once it started getting late, Henry told the kids to go take a bath. They took separate baths, and for whatever reason afterwards, Breesia wasn't given her pajamas that her mom gave her. Instead, Henry went into the bathroom and gave her a big white t-shirt of his. From here, the kids ate dinner at the apartment, and Breesia was the first to go to bed. Now, interestingly enough, 
DL and Breezia would sleep in the bedroom that night, while Henry and his girlfriend, Andrea, slept on the blow-up mattress in the living room. So Breezia goes to bed by herself, and the next to go to sleep at around 11.30 p.m. is Andrea. She lays down on the air mattress in the living room, and she would later say that the last memory she had before drifting off is hearing Henry tell his son to turn off the video game and go to bed. And he did. A little after midnight, DL gets into bed with his sister and goes to sleep. And Henry lays down on the couch. But he doesn't go to sleep. Based on what happens next, it's clear that Henry stays up with horrible thoughts running through his head. And eventually, around 2 a.m., he decides to act on those thoughts and wake Breezia up. Now, we have no idea what he said to Breezia to get her out of bed. He could have said that her mom was outside or that he needed to show her something. But from here, Breezia gets up and they start walking towards the front door. Now, Andrea Colbertson was a very heavy sleeper, so she claimed she didn't hear them leaving, but DL apparently did. Did you ever see your sister leaving the bedroom? You did? When was that? At nighttime. At nighttime? Were you in bed when you saw that? What did you see? I saw her walk downstairs. Well, my dad. With your dad? And then he shut the door. Okay. Were you out of the bed? Or did you get up and watch them do that? Or how did that go down? Because from where that bed is, you can't see that. Or did you just see them leave and you heard it? Or how did that? I saw them leave. You saw them leave? What did you see? I saw them walk down the stairs. Okay. You and saw- then I heard the door open. Because it'll make lots of noise. Okay, so you can't really see the stairs, right? You can't, right? Where did you see your dad and sister in here? Walking down the stairs. From the bed, you can't see the stairs though, right? So you just knew they went down the stairs? I peeked. Well, you gotta tell me that. What'd you peek? What'd you see? (laughs) I saw my sister. Mm-hmm. They were walking down the stairs talking. Okay. And then they slammed the door. Then they slammed the door? Yep. Did you hear your sister say anything? No. Was your daddy saying anything? Yeah. What was he saying? He was just talking about cars. So as you just heard, DL heard his dad and sister leaving the apartment. And his dad was talking to Breezia about cars. So maybe he told her that he had a car outside he wanted to show her. We don't know. But from here, Henry and Breezia get into his maroon Chevy Impala. And video surveillance shows the car driving northbound on Schmidt Road at 2.13 a.m. Minutes later, video footage shows the Impala parked at Henry's RV, located at 743 Schmidt Road. Now, his RV didn't have electricity. It didn't have running water, but it did have a bed. Later on, they wouldn't be able to find Breezia's DNA inside of the RV, but they did find bleach. 
So it was clear to the prosecution that Henry took Briasia inside and he raped her. He knew he couldn't do it inside of his apartment since Andrea and DL were there. So he took her here, getting her all alone. And then after the sexual assault, he cleaned everything up to cover his tracks. This evidence here speaks to what Mr. Dinkins' intent was. For him to take that 10-year-old child from this apartment in the middle of the night and take her over to this area uptown to an RV speaks to his intent. And the state asserts, when you consider these circumstances and you consider the purchase of bleach and the use of bleach, this child was sexually assaulted in this area. Now, after sexually assaulting Breja, Henry quickly realized that she was going to tell someone about this. According to her family, Briasia was a rule follower and she always told the truth. There is no telling what Briasia even said to Henry, but it's here where he decided he needed to kill her to shut her up. Now back at the Jersey Meadow apartments, Henry's girlfriend Andrea wakes up at 3 a.m. to use the restroom. But strangely enough, when she walked to her bathroom, she noticed that Briasia and Henry weren't there. Now, DL was in the bed, but Briasia wasn't. And immediately, Andrea had a horrible feeling. She even grabs her phone to call Henry to see where he is. Um, it was like at three o'clock in the morning, nature called. So I went and I kind of glanced over, had no glasses on, so was, everything was kind of fuzzy. So I saw that she was not there. So I was like, okay, let me go get my glasses so I can see. And I felt felt on the bed. So I'm like, okay, she's not here. And my first reaction, call Mr. Dinkins. But as she goes to call his phone, she sees it sitting on the counter, which only makes her feel more unsettled. Henry never goes anywhere without his phone. And the only reason he would leave it behind is so that he couldn't be traced. Andrea said she felt so sick to her stomach, she couldn't even go back to bed. I have no idea, my mind was everywhere. Andrea said that she even started looking around the apartment to see if Briasio was hiding. I checked checked the bathroom again, just in case. I checked the bedroom, I checked the living room, I checked the kitchen, I checked everywhere. Both Briasia and her boyfriend were gone. From here, Andrea just sat around in the living room waiting. And then at 3.30 a.m., she heard the front door open. So when I got done going to the bathroom, it was dark. No lights, nothing was on. And then like a half hour later, I hear a key. Hmm. And then heard someone softly coming up the stairs. Andrea hears Henry slowly walking up the steps. He was trying to be as quiet as he could, not to wake anyone up. But he didn't realize that Andrea was already awake. When he reaches the top of the stairs, Andrea starts asking him questions about where he was and what he was doing, but he doesn't answer any of her questions. I was like, what's going on? Where are you going? What's going on? And he's like, I'll be back. Instead of answering her, Henry just walks straight into the closet 
to grab something. Andrea said she couldn't see what he grabbed because he tucked it into his waistband, but the prosecution theorizes that it was his gun. Now, it's at this point where Andrea peeks out of their bedroom window that looks out into the parking lot, and there, she sees Briasia standing outside next to the Chevy Impala. She's still wearing that large white t-shirt Henry gave her. Andrea said she was relieved to see Briasia was safe, but she still felt unsettled. I looked out the window and saw Briasia outside of the car. So now my heart's like, okay, <sighs> she is with him, she's safe, but yeah, I'm, It just seemed weird to me, but I didn't know what to say. From here, Henry walks out of the apartment and he and Briasia leave once again. About two minutes later at 3.33 a.m., the Chevy Impala pulls into a quick shop to get some gas. Now, during Henry's interrogation, he admitted to going there, but he said he was just grabbing cigarettes. Surveillance footage from inside shows that he did buy cigarettes, but he also bought $35 worth of gas. And of course, he paid with cash so there wouldn't be a paper trail. But the video footage from inside shows him repeatedly looking back at his car. It's clear he was afraid Briasia was going to escape, but she wouldn't. She stayed put inside the Chevy Impala. After filling his car up, Henry leaves, and video surveillance would show the Impala driving on Highway 61 at 3.44 a.m. From here, he and Briasia drive out to Credit Island. It's heartbreaking to think about what was going through Briasia's mind as they drove out into the dark rural area. Eventually, Henry pulls the car over on the side of the road and orders Briasia out of the vehicle. He then points in the direction of the woods and tells her to follow him. It's pouring down rain as the two make their way down a steep embankment towards the large pond. Briasia is a smart girl, so she likely knows that these would be her last moments on earth. It makes you wonder, what was she saying to him was she begging him to take her home? Did she try to reassure him that she wouldn't tell anyone? We don't know, but we do know that she was afraid. Once they were deep enough into the woods, Henry shot Briasia twice, once in the back and once in the jaw. The area where they were located was so isolated, no one would hear the gunshots. And from there, Henry would leave her body in the woods and quickly make his way back to the car. Now, by this point, it's around 4.30 a.m. when Henry hops into his car, starts the engine, and tries to pull forward. But it's here where Henry realizes his car is stuck. Like we mentioned, it's pouring down rain, so the right tires on the Impala are stuck in the mud. And when Henry notices this, he starts to freak out. I mean, he's stuck in the middle of nowhere, right where he just dumped a body. 
so he actually gets out of his car and tries to wave someone down for help. There weren't many people on the road at the time, but there was one man named Jared Brink who was driving down Highway 61 on his way to work. He would later say that he saw a black man waving on the side of the road next to a maroon Chevy Impala, and he decided to stop and help. Jared said from here, he hooked a chain under the Impala and helped pull it out of the mud. Once it was free, Jared said the man was extremely grateful and he even tried to pay him $100, but Jared refused. Now it should be noted that after Breeze's case hit the media, Jared would come forward with this information and he gave investigators Henry's exact physical description, but he did admit that he probably wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup because it was dark out. However, Jared did give his cell phone over to the police and they were able to verify that he was in the area at 4.30 a.m. on July 10th. Now, something else Jared noticed was that no one else was inside the Chevy Impala. So this encounter was just minutes after Henry killed Briasia. But once Henry was free, he gets back onto Highway 61 and starts heading back towards his apartment. Now back at the Jersey Meadow Apartments, eight-year-old DL wakes up again at around 5.30 a.m. And according to Andrea, he's crying. They didn't ever specify why he was crying, but maybe he too knew something was horribly wrong when he woke up and his sister still wasn't there. From here, he and Andrea sit in the living room and at 5.55 a.m., Henry finally comes back home, but this time, Briasia isn't with him. Now, Henry didn't expect everyone to be awake, and after walking through the front door, he's kind of frantic. Andrea starts asking him what's going on, but he won't say. He just keeps saying, there was an issue. I'll talk to you about it later. Henry then tells his son, DL, to grab his bag, and the two of them leave the apartment. Now, he tries to leave without his phone, but Andrea makes him take it. However, before leaving, he takes the battery out so it can't be traced. And keep in mind, eight-year-old DL has no idea what's going on, but he does know that something is wrong. After leaving the apartment complex, the two of them drive around for a while, about 45 minutes to be exact. When DL asks his dad where they're going, Henry says Walmart, but they don't go to the Walmart in Davenport. Instead, Henry goes to the Walmart in Clinton, which is about 40 miles away. He specifically went to this one thinking that the authorities wouldn't see what he was buying. Now he and DL would arrive in the parking lot at 6.58 a.m. DL stays in the car, while Henry goes inside and walks over to the cleaning aisle. Video surveillance then shows him walking up to the self-checkout with multiple bottles of bleach. And again, he pays with cash so it couldn't be traced. But little did Henry know, authorities would eventually see exactly what he was doing that morning, all thanks to his eight-year-old son, DL. Now, while Henry was inside buying bleach, DL was back in the car, bored. 
So that's when he looks in the cup holder and sees his dad's phone with the battery removed. Being an eight-year-old little boy, he decides to occupy his time and play games on his dad's phone. DL puts the battery back into the phone, plays a few games, but then when he sees his dad coming back, he quickly removes the battery again and places it into the cup holder. He would later say he didn't want to get in trouble for touching his dad's phone, so he put it back like he found it. But by putting the battery in and turning it on, investigators would be able to see that Henry was 45 minutes away in Clinton that morning, something he never admitted to investigators. Now, once Henry got back into the car, DL saw that his dad had purchased bleach. And from here, they drive to Credit Island where his sister's body was. DL would later recall that they exited off the highway and drove down a dirt road into a heavily wooded area. And it's here where his dad pulled out bleach and a machete and made his way into the woods while DL stayed in the car. Where were you? In the car, I had to sit in the car by myself. You sat in the car? Did you see your dad get anything out of the car? He grabbed some, he's complained, he grabbed some bleach and what I saw in his trunk, he pulled it out, it was a knife. He had some bleach? Mm-hmm. And, and a knife? Yeah, How? bleach and knife. What kind of knife? Uh, it's some big knife. After grabbing the bleach and the machete out of the trunk, Henry made his way into the woods where Briege's body was. He then started cutting through the brush with the machete, and then he would use that brush to cover up her body. Then once he was finished, he poured bleach all over everything to destroy any of his DNA. Now, clearly, by the time Henry gets back into the car with his son, DL wants to know what's going on, and Henry tells him that he had gone fishing with some friends over here earlier that morning. He went to go fishing with a couple people. He went fishing? Yeah. Okay. He went fishing? Uh-huh. He went fishing with more people. And... Uh, he went fishing last night? Yeah. With him? No, not in the last night. I'm sorry, this morning? Yeah. He went fishing? Were you there? Yeah, I was in the car. You were in the car? Which car were you in? That purple one. Purple one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So was this after you peeked and saw? Yeah. He went fishing. Who who did he go fishing with? Some six, he said some six people. Six people he saw. Then he actually, he gave them a hundred bucks. He gave Did you actually see your dad with fishing poles? Or did he tell you he went fishing? He told me he went fishing. But he left you in the car? Yeah. Okay. And then you saw him with bleach and a knife? Yeah. Okay. Big knife. A big knife. Did he go? Did you see him go with people, or did he just get out by himself? He got out by himself when he went down there. There was already six people down there. That's what he told you. Did you see those six people? You never saw anybody. He just told me there were six people down there. He told you there were six people down there. How long do you think you were in that car? Long. Huh? How long? I couldn't see the time. Okay. So Henry told his son that he went out there that morning to fish. 
And that 100 bucks he's talking about is when that man helped him get his car out of the mud. Now, why he would be telling his son this, I don't know. But it's clear Henry wanted to give DL some reasonable explanation as to why they were out in the woods. But it's horrifying to think that not only would this man murder a 10-year-old little girl, but then he brings his eight-year-old son along while he tries to cover his tracks. DL had no idea what his father had done that morning, but even as an eight-year-old, he knew that something was wrong. After leaving Credit Island, the two of them would drive back to Henry's RV. And again, DL waits in the car as his dad gets out and grabs the machete. He then watches Henry wipe the machete off with a rag and put it inside of his RV. Where did he grab that knife from? His trunk. His trunk? And then he washed it off. He washed off what? The knife. Washed it off with what the? Uh, some bleach and some, uh, a rag. He washed it off with a rag. So by this point, Henry has covered Briege's body with brush. He poured bleach on the dumping site. He used bleach to clean the inside of his RV, and he has wiped down the machete he used out at Credit Island. He also used cash everywhere he went that morning. And in his mind, his phone has been off this entire time. Henry has no idea that DL turned his phone on in Clinton. So he's fully convinced that he's covered his tracks. And it's only at this point when he finally decides to tell Briege's mom that she's missing. In fact, when he texts Aisha at 8.08 a.m., he tells her that he had just woken up and she was gone, when that clearly wasn't the case at all. Henry Dinkins didn't get any sleep that night. After sexually assaulting Briege in his RV, he was too busy running around town covering his tracks but it wouldn't be long until he was the prime suspect in Briege's disappearance. Now, after the discovery of her body in March of 2021, they were finally able to charge Henry Dinkins with her murder. The trial started in August of 2023 and Henry would plead not guilty. He also decided to go with a bench trial, which means a judge would decide his fate instead of a jury. Here is Briege's mom and her thoughts before trial. It's nerve-wracking a bit, it's, it's emotional, uh, but it means everything to me right now because I've been waiting for this day. I've been waiting three years, three long years, and I've been through the most. My son has been through the most, and we're here, and I'm, I'm so happy to finally be here because I can't wait until she get the justice that she deserves and, and we get her back and we able to kind of, you know, start healing just a little bit more. We started as her billboards and we gonna finish as her billboards. So out here, we're, we're just trying to, you know, bring a peaceful a peaceful thing here, you know, as far as just screaming justice for Briasia. We couldn't, can't scream it inside at the moment, but we gonna for sure scream it out here. So it means everything to us out here. Now, this trial would not be a slam dunk by any means. And the reason being, there was not a lot of physical evidence. During the search of Henry's RV, they weren't able to find Briege's DNA. We know that's because Henry cleaned it. Bleach was actually found sitting next to the bed inside. 
Also in the RV, authorities found the machete hidden above the microwave. And like his son DL said, there were white fibers from when Henry wiped it down with that rag. Now, they also didn't find Briege's DNA in the Impala. But again, Henry was thoroughly cleaning everything that morning. So he likely cleaned the Impala as well. And as for Briege's body and the dumping site, there had been a lot of decomposition, so there wasn't any physical evidence there either. They did see that the branches that were on top of her were sliced with a sharp object, which we know he used the machete, but again, it's circumstantial. They also had that man who placed Henry on the side of the road near her body at 4.30 a.m., that man would actually die from a heart attack before Henry's trial, but they were still able to use his testimony. Now, the main thing the prosecution had going for them was the video surveillance of Henry driving all around town that morning and the videos of him buying bleach. They also had DL and Andrea's testimony, which was huge. By 2023, DL was 11 years old and he had to testify about everything he saw that morning. Now, I will say that DL's testimony at times was confusing. There were times when he contradicted himself and other times where it was clear his memory was fuzzy. He also at one point claimed that he saw his dad shoot Breja, which couldn't have been the case. And the defense really grilled him about these inconsistencies, but I think the most important part of DL's story is the interview he had with investigators right after Briesia went missing. Most of what he said on that day aligned with the evidence at hand. It's also important to remember that this is three years later and he was just eight years old when everything happened, so it's understandable that he wouldn't remember everything. But towards the end of the trial, Judge Henry Latham had a lot to consider. Although physical evidence was lacking, Andrea and DL's testimony said a lot. And that, along with all of the video surveillance, led him to a verdict. 51-year-old Henry Dinkins was found guilty a first-degree murder and kidnapping of Briesia Terrell. And here was the judge's reasoning. In considering the evidence presented, the court makes deductions and reaches conclusions according to reason and common sense. Facts may be proved by direct evidence, circumstantial evidence, or both. The court specifically finds the defendant was not savvy in any manner. The court finds the state has met its burden of proof in this case. The court finds beyond a reasonable doubt the defendant committed murder in the first degree. Henry Dinkins' sentencing was on October 11th, 2023. And Judge Henry Latham would sentence him to two mandatory life sentences for the kidnapping and murder of Breesia Terrell. Following this, Henry got an opportunity to speak to the court, where he went on and on about how he wasn't pleased with his counsel or the judge presiding over his case. He also talked about how he believed racism played a role in his guilty verdict. 
to be honest, I was already found guilty before this case and trial already began. I can see it as racial profiling behind my background. I'm saying this because how everything played out from the beginning all the way up to now. I contemplated over these, over the moves that the state used to hinder my character to fit their benefits. But at the end of it, Breeze's mother, Aisha, got to give her victim impact statement. And here is what she said. July 9th, 2020, exactly three years ago, since the last time I saw my baby girl, when I dropped her clothes off for her in DL after I got off work and showered and headed over to the Jersey Ridge Apartments complex. Once I got outside the complex, Breeze running out smiling as she always does, a smile that can light up a room, any room. We spoke for a few minutes while she held her dog, Chloe. She said she loved me, and I watched her run around to the apartment complex while her lovely locks bounced away around 6.30ish. Those are my last words with my baby girl. So I wrapped my mental around her face, her last words she said to me. The amount of pain I felt and feel that no mom should ever have to feel because, man, that stuff hurts real bad in a different spot. I didn't even know it existed until you, Henry Dinkins, changed that for me. Broke my trust and emotions. I had the day you took my baby girl from me and just gunned her down like she was nothing and left her and never said a word at all. It's really painful that a statement could bring so much anger. I have a number of questions for you, Henry Dinkins, surrounded that night that played through my mind every day. Did she want me? Was she scared? Did she see those gunshots coming? Did you shoot her while she was trying to get away? Did she scream for help? Did she beg you to stop? Did you see in her face when when she realized she was shot the first time? What was her last words? Did you stay and watch my baby die? How long did she suffer? Did you watch the life leave from her beautiful hazel eyes? What did you do to my son? Why? Do you know the answers? To any of these questions I ask, huh? Henry Dinkins, why you sit in, sit in this courtroom as if, as if this shit don't hurt you? Watching you, watching you during these proceedings. That isn't right. You sit there with smiles and chatter during sensitive things and then try to speak to me when you never once spoke to me after July 14, 2020. You remember. When I saw you in Scott County Jail telling me you didn't do this, but why you haven't said nothing then? Why? Henry Dinkins, closure doesn't exist here in this case. Justice doesn't exist here in this case. You didn't just take away my baby's life. You took it away. You didn't just take away my baby's life. You took away everything from me. My family's sense of security, laughs, health, and potential. Potential for, for Briasia to be someone's wife. The potential to be a mother, a college graduate, prom, everything. Oh, oh, my baby girl, Henry. I went from believing I wasn't the best mom, but made things happen, but best I could to down in myself day in and day out as what kind of person am I not to have protected my daughter? I've broken myself down many a times over and over, analyzing text messages, calls, and conversations about everything 
trying to figure out what I could have done differently. Be able to shake quite yet. Our lives change. Three years went past us with no stops right before our rise. And here we, here we are in this courtroom seeking the justice she deserved so she could be laid to rest properly. Still yet, this, is, this all feel like a movie. I haven't changed the channel too because this can't just be it. Like, that's all. That's the piece that sinks in and still hurt. Because I thought hearing you get a life sentence with no possibility of parole will help me sleep at night. And it just doesn't. Because she didn't have to be gunned down like that, nor left like that. Out there like she was just trash. She didn't deserve that. She deserved to have her lifeless remains shown across the TVs. Like, like she did. She she did it, Henry. Henry Dinkins. So whatever you get won't be enough because your family get to come come to see you. And my baby is just that, just gone. And never, ever, ever coming back. As she left me July 9, 2020. Peace, understanding, and forgiveness will never come. I also truly hope what you did to her will haunt you for the rest of your life. I'll hold on to those good memories we shared and in, in not how you left her and how she had how she laid across that damn creepy swamp place thing where you left her and said not one word. How could you? How could you be such a monster, Henry? I am thankful for the justice for Breasia Terrell and my baby boy. Following this, Henry Dinkins was taken off to prison where he will be until his very last breath. And like Aisha said, I hope what he did to Breasia will haunt him for the rest of his life. As for Breasia's family, they are working to piece their lives back together after this devastating loss. While the trial was happening, the medical examiner held on to Breasia's remains. So now that it's all over, her family will finally be able to put her to rest. But as we wrap up this story, my heart goes out to DL. Not only did he lose his sister through all of this, but he also had to learn that his father, the man he looked up to, was responsible. And I truly wish him and their entire family the absolute best moving forward. The murder of Breasia Terrell had ripple effects throughout the city of Davenport, Iowa. There are memorials of Breasia throughout town and still to this day, random people come around to pay their respects. And it's clear that no matter how much time passes, her memory will never be forgotten. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for today's episode. Like I said, I heard this case way back in 2020. I have been following it since. I watched all of the trial videos and I knew since the beginning that I really, really wanted to cover this story. So I hope we did it justice and let's keep Breeja's name alive. As for patrons, I am gonna hold off on reading the patrons. That is Colin's job. He's way better at it than me. But thanks for sticking with me on this episode, everyone. This was my first episode I ever did by myself. Don't know how to feel about it. I hope I did an okay job. We love you guys. Thank you so much for sticking with us. 
you are everything to us and we couldn't do this without you so thank you for listening and supporting and for everything you do we love you we love you we love you and we'll see you next week with a brand new episode You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.